This is a CBC Podcast. CBC's Mic Drop, a brand new series for teens. Are you listening? You can subscribe now in your podcast app. New episodes every Tuesday. cbc.ca slash mic drop. When the school bell rings tomorrow afternoon, thousands of elementary and high school students will be sprinting out of classrooms uh, with pure unadulterated joy. About the last day of school. But as kids are sent home for the summer, People for Education has a few words about students who've been asked to leave school during the year. The advocacy group released a report saying that students with special needs are increasingly asked to stay home from school. Mary Linton is the president of the Ontario Principals Council, and she joins us on the phone now. Good morning. Hi, good morning. How are you, Way? I'm doing very well, thank you. Uh, just so our listeners know, um, here's one of the highlights from the survey of over 1,200 principals. 58% of elementary school heads and 48% of high school principals requested students uh, with special needs to stay home, and that's up from 48 and 40% respectively in 2014. What did you make of the findings? Well, this is something that we are hearing from our uh, principals and, and vice principals around the province. Sometimes there are challenges um, ensuring that we have we can provide a safe, productive learning environment for all students in the school. So our first priority is always to have students in the school. So asking a family to have a child stay home is not something that we like to do. The most common reason cited is safety for other students. Um, what does that mean? What, what, what sort of scenarios are we talking about? Okay, so we want to ensure that all students feel safe in the school. And so some students have difficulty adjusting. There might be out, violent outwards outbursts towards students or staff, and that could include punching, kicking, uh, throwing objects, uh, threatening, or students um, could be runners, whereas they're in the school and then all of a sudden they decide they want to run out. And so you have to make sure that you have more than one staff member in the room to be able to support these types of incidents. How often would those violent outbursts be reported? Um, it it's it's difficult for me to say as I don't have um, access to that data to be able to pull it up. But again, th- these are extreme cases. Schools are going to try a variety of strategies to ensure that we can support students in our school. And so these particular decisions are never taken in isolation. We involve other people. We include the student. If we can settle the student, that's great. We always in contact with parents, uh, board staff, so special education staff, and our superintendents to to help uh, make this decision. How equipped do you think teachers are to deal with uh, the disruptive behavior? Well, in our policy paper uh, that we presented and des- uh, delivered to all of the parties in June, we called for additional training for all school staff so that they can we can ensure that they can recognize the physical, emotional, and behavioral needs of students that are currently unmet. And you know, be able to help refer them to the appropriate medical practitioner. And without these resources, it's difficult to ensure that students are safe. And and we're talking about the individual student that's having the difficulty Mm -hmm. and also the other students in the school, because that's part of the principal's role is to ensure that everyone is safe in the school. 
Yeah, because some of the other kids could be frightened when there are violent outbursts as well. Um, The policy right now is uh, all about integration um, and kids who have special needs are in mainstream classrooms before, you know, considering that option of placing them in a special education class. What do you think of that approach? Is it working? In some cases, it works well. And again, as I've said earlier, if we have the right supports in place, if if staff are trained appropriately, we have the uh, education and workers, so um, um, an edu- uh, education assistant, a child and safety worker, etc., to help support the student, then we can promote a more successful integration. Instead, though, of having a special teacher or a special educational assistant in every class um, where you need one, doesn't it make more sense? Uh, isn't it more efficient to have uh, one class uh, with with several specialists? Um, that may work in some cases. It's it's very difficult to um, put all students, you know, it's not cookie cutters. So some students may benefit greatly from being integrated in a regular classroom. Some students may benefit better by being in a, a contained classroom. So it really is about the student. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a real challenge, and we've been hearing about this uh, for, for, for some time now. Um, Annie Kidder, uh, the Executive Director of People for Education, had said that the results this time around were especially striking given the amount of provincial funding directed towards special education. It's climbed uh, by a billion dollars over the past 10 years. What do you think is the solution? Um, ensuring that we have uh, appropriate supports in the school because we we also have students that are not identified who may have um, violent tendencies or are just having difficulty settling. And so it takes a very long time as there's lots of paperwork with special ed, lots of documentation. And we have seen a decline of support staff in schools. And so, and that includes educational assistants, uh, child and youth workers, nurses, psychologists, guidance counselors. Um, so when you have uh, a richer staff complement, you're able to um, move things around, adjust so that you can support the students that show up at your door mm. each day. Well, Mary, thank you very much for speaking with us, and hopefully um, the situation improves next year. Thank you. Thank you very much. Mary Linton is the president of the Ontario Principals Council.